I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast live from Mexico. Yes, we are. <laughs> and we're also sharing a microphone right now because we had a little miscommunication about what chords we needed to bring with us. So, um, one, we won't be interrupting each other. So, th- you're welcome, everyone who on iTunes said it's really irritating that we uh, we interrupt each other sometimes. But, two, it might sound a little wonky. So, we're really sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> she is a woman of many words today. Uh, so this episode is with, well, actually, before we talk about that, yes, it's with Brooke Cates. It's a wonderful episode. Talks all about Kegels, Kegels, tomato, tomato. Um, and this is for folks with vulvas, but not just folks who've had babies or are going to have babies, just for folks with vulvas in general, because it can contribute to um, orgasmic potential, etc. We talk about pelvic floor health and sex before, during, and after having a baby. So um, don't tune out if you're like, I'm not a baby person, because, you know, we don't have babies. We have fur babies. How's your fur baby? He's good. He's sleeping. Yeah. Mexico's like kind of his jam, but you heard his posh. So it's kind of sad. Anyways, where are we? Uh, we're in Baja, Mexico. Yeah, we're in Todos Santos. Well, actually, El Pescadero. We're doing our book writing retreat technically, which has been a working vacation. And we need you. That's right. You that's listening right now to help us because we are taking a little survey on our website And we are trying to gain some information about all of you out there that would potentially read our book. It's a simple survey. There's just a link. If you scroll down, it'll say, click here to do our survey. Our survey takes maybe five minutes at the most. I ask you some anonymous questions. We don't even need to know your name, um, but would just really help to give us some feedback. So if you love us and you want to help us out, go to shamelesssex.com, fill out that survey. We love you. We appreciate you. Even if you don't do it, we love you too, right? Uh, okay, so a couple things. Number one, um, I had some great anal sex last night, and April's really jealous. But <laughs> because I'm staying in a different property, so I didn't hear any of it. No. But I just had the full. But I had the full rundown of what happened. Yep. And I'm really proud of you. Well, what I have to say is for anal August, April had a lot of anal, and I did not have any anal other than maybe like a finger or. Um, um, maybe some lips, but my ass was kind of a no for August, and your ass was, was kind of always a yes. And <laughs> so I'm talking about anal August, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm not doing my homework." And last night, after the three of us, April and my partner and I, we went out to dinner and dropped April off back at her place. We went home, he and I, and just the two of us. Well, my dog was there too, and um, my ass was just like, "Yes, I want, I want this now." Like, and I, and I love it. My body has that intuition that like that deep knowledge where it's like no this is what what I want right now I wanted to be penetrated in this exact way and it was really fucking hot I know and I'm glad you weren't in the other room because mm, I probably wouldn't have been screaming as loud as I did but the ass is not always a yes all the time certainly not I had a lot of times in August 
when my ass was a no. And you know what? Just listen to what your body tells you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying her ass is always a yes. I'm just saying that she has more anal than I do because, well, she's anal April. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it should be, we're going to call April anal April that month too. I, like I think awesome April oh. instead. She's awesomely anal April. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, an announcement before I do a six question. I am potentially. Uh, emphasis on potentially because it's the still the weird COVID times, doing an in-person workshop in Santa Cruz on October 16th with my dear friend and educator, Ian Stratton. It's called Whole Body Foreplay, Heavy Petting 101. What the fuck does that mean? It means we're not using the genitals. Um, so think of it, I, I'd say PG-13, but that's a little creepy sounding. So <laughs> think of it as um, touching or using the whole body as a way of being erotic and intimate, but keep leaving the genitals off the table because that's what people often get, they miss. They miss the whole body and they're like, oh, we touch nipples and genitals and we're, we're here from point A to point B. So it's an in-person class, as I said, October 16th, 2021. Uh, you can sign up at purepleasureshop.com and go to the sex education part of the website. It's from 6 to 9 p.m. It is for partners or pairs. So come as a couple, come as friends who are open to touching each other in this way. Close stays on. It's very um, fun, playful, and safe. And uh, yeah, hope to see you there and check it out. And I don't know, if things get real weird, we might not be doing it. But as of now, I think it will be happening. And it'll be really fun to be with you in person. All right, Chip, are you ready for a sex question? Yes. My wife and I have been talking about wanting to experiment with different things, such as having sex with other couples in the room, three or foursomes, or maybe even doing webcam sex with other couples. Where do we find the sites, or who do we talk to about finding sex parties, either in person or on Zoom? We have also talked about exploring pegging for me or anal for her. We like to 69 and have sex in a couple positions, but we want some new things in our sex life. So I wanted to see what your advice or thoughts were. Hmm, that's a lot of number of questions. Um, which one should we go to? You used to be able to go to, I don't know if they still have the hedonism events in Jamaica, and they are pre-planned events in this beautiful island. I don't know if those are... It's hard to answer questions like this because there's COVID protocols, but you know more about... I think they are, I think they are still doing it because they asked us to go... To, so hedonism is um, kind of like swingers, non-monogamy, uh, sexy resource people naked and, and potentially playing with each other. And um, you know, you're, you're at an all-inclusive with the drinks and the foods and all the things. Um, and I think it was still going on in COVID. I think we were invited during COVID. If people just Google that, you can yeah. find out if it's still happening. Yeah, there's like hedonism and hedonism too, and I don't know the difference, <laughs> but that's something y'all can just go on a vacation to go and check that out. Um, there's also something called Hacienda. It is in uh, New York, I believe. I think it's a little more like upscale play party, but it's very sex positive vibes. Uh, and, but, oh, actually, not, I think Nolans do. Anyways, go check it out. Uh, wearehacienda.com, and they have a membership um, site where you can go and potentially join play parties. I do not know if they're doing them in person currently, if they are doing them on Zoom. I just know that they do publicize that they offer this. Um, and so I would check that out. And you can always ask them, you know, if they're not doing something, you can ask them where, where to go. Another thing, uh, field. 
Field is a sponsor of our show. We love Field even before they were a sponsor of our show. Uh, Field is an online dating app for more open-minded folks who are looking. It was originally designed as a threesome app, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's not just for threesomes. It's for people who are just, maybe you're monogamous, but you're, you're just more sex positive. Or maybe you do are seeking a third or a fourth or another couple, whether it's just to do things online and have video, you know, FaceTime sex with them or to meet them in person. But uh, Field, F-E-E-L-D, um, go check that out. They are a really, really great site to go and find other like-minded folks. This other part of the question now, uh, what do you think about this? So we're, we want to spice things up. We talk about exploring pegging. It's not, I don't know. Is it, it's kind of a question. Um, we like 16, I guess, other ways to spice things up than the 69 and the couple sex positions that you do. Maybe go, oh, have you seen Tristan Termino's, um, what is it, her DVD on positions? Before she, she, did, it. she does really great educational DVDs and things, which no one owns a DVD player anymore. But I think you can stream them. So streaming, she's in our uh, podcast network family. If you're getting, if you're wondering about ideas and ways to spice things up, try different positions because you're saying you're just doing a couple positions. Um, I would just go get more ideas. Go look at more visuals of different things that you can try. If you want to learn about pegging, we have episodes on that. If you want to learn about anal, go to the month of August for shameless sex episodes. We have 5 million things in there. Five million's always my go-to over-exaggeration. Anyways, so um, one other thing, which is like kind of related but also not related, is if you're just doing the same kind of touch all the time, why not get more ideas for different touch techniques such as heads, shoulders, knees, and toes, and OMGS. Yeah, it's OMGS, y'all. I'm just letting Amy take the show today. Tell them about OMGS, Amy. I'll tell you all about OMGS, April. So OMGS is an online... Um, well, it, yeah, this is online. As I was saying, app, but it's not an app. It's online, and we've been fans for years upon years. So it's sex positive. It's really well done. It's research based. With how many thousands? Like sixty thousand? They use. They have women between the ages. It's vulva owners for the first and second season between the ages of eighteen to ninety five, and there's there's thirty thousand. 30,000 people, and they're just about to launch their third season, which is with sex toys. Mm. So season one is external vulva pleasure. Season two is internal vulva pleasure. Season three that's coming out is sex toys. I believe there's going to be a penis pleasure season at some point. And it shows you all of these wonderful, tasteful, realistic, because it's real humans, videos and information about how to try different touch techniques to learn about how to pleasure thus far the pussy. Uh, And a lot of people just get in their, their same old habit. I touch here, I look there, we try this position, we try this hand technique. And that's great. It can get boring. Spice things up. Go to omgs.com slash shameless and you get 10% off and you can check out and you, you can watch it unlimited. It's not a subscription, right? You can watch it over and over. One time, you pay one time and then you get it forever. Forever. You won't regret it. Uh, my clients for my sex and relationship coaching practice love OMGS. It's changed their lives. It's changed my life. It's changed our listeners' lives. So go check it out. OMGS.com backslash or just slash shameless and you get 10% off and go learn some new things. Oh, righty. Chip, hey, will you read a bio for me? I would love to, Amy. Thanks. Here we go. Just in case. Anybody was wondering who Brooke Cates is? We're so excited that she's here. Brooke Cates is the founder and CEO of The Bloom Method, a pre- and postnatal fitness method redefining exercise for the modern mom. In 2018, Brooke launched the first ever pre- and postnatal virtual fitness studio, making the education 
tools and innovative fitness classes of the Blue Method accessible to women everywhere. Brooke is a certified personal trainer, pre and postnatal corrective exercise specialist, diastasis recti, and core rehabilitation specialist, and pre and postnatal holistic health coach. To learn more, visit thebloommethod.com. But first, I never knew how important good sleep actually was until I wasn't able to have it anymore because my old saggy mattress became a nightmare. Not only was it preventing me from having the solid Z's that I needed, but it was preventing the big O's I was craving when I was having sexy time with my partner. I needed a mattress makeover and Helix made my mattress dreams come true. Just take their two minute quiz and they'll match you with the perfect customized mattress. And if you're nervous about buying a mattress online, don't be because Helix takes into account your individual sleep preferences to ensure your mattress is going to be the right fit for you. I'm such a light sleeper, but after Helix matched me to the Midnight Mattress, I sleep more soundly than I have in years. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, so what are you waiting for? Just go to helixsleep.com shameless to get matched to your customized mattress so you too could have the best sleep of your life. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com shameless. That's helixsleep.com shameless. Go check it out. All right. It's interview time. So this was already a fun start because we were about to record on the interwebs and we were having some issues. And then Brooke, our lovely guest, was like, uh, I'm like five houses away. And so now we're in person. And it's our first in-person podcast in so since, long. Since so, well, Kyle Tierman. Oh, Willow Brown. Oh, Willow did, Brown. That's yeah, right. Willow was here with That's us. That's right. So we got to do that. So it's extra fun. And um, I love in-person podcasts because there's a little more organicity um, that happens, you know, a little more flow. And we can be more playful. I have my dog who's somewhat sedated because... Because he had x-rays this morning on my lap. <laughs> and he's my little lap animal. And today we are here with Brooke Cates, founder of the Blue Method. We call you the founder, creator. Founder. Founder. CEO. I like all that. CEO. Oh, yeah. Presidente. Boss queen. The boss queen of the Blue Method. We'll learn what that is. Um, we always start with the same prompt, Brooke. So welcome, first of all. And on, then also, can you dive into your story about how you got into this field of pre and postnatal holistic health? I know you do a lot more too, but tell our yeah. listeners about your journey. Who are yeah. you? Um, absolutely. And it's so good to be here and how fun that we're doing this in person. And I just want to say shout out to Willow Brown. I'm so yeah. happy that I'm the one who is in person with you guys after her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. We love you, Willow. Um, so how did I get into this? I actually got into, um, what I typically refer to as pre and postnatal fitness and movement. Um, way before I was even considering having children. So I often say that this work found me. I did not find it. It's kind of one of those stories where these thoughts, these ideas, these feelings started to bubble up within me. And instead of ignoring them because they didn't really make sense to me at the time, I answered the calling, I guess. And I just... Um, it, you know, it, with what I do, which I refer to as pre and postnatal movement and fitness um, as kind of a general term, I say that my work found me. I didn't find my work. Um, it started with this, I guess, feeling or seeing issues that were happening around me that other women I knew were experiencing. 
And I think I just was like, this is not cool. I I don't want to be scared of birth. I don't want to lose a sense of myself, both emotionally and physically. Um, I've always been an athlete and I've always been really attuned to movement practices. And those have kind of ebbed and flowed throughout my life. But I knew that when I was ready to have kids, I didn't want to have to give up this physical sense of how I moved my body in order to have a child. And I knew that there had to be another way. And then I think, you know, there's something inside of me that just loves to slash narratives that don't serve women. And the majority of the narratives around pregnancy and postpartum they just put us in a box. They don't, they don't empower us. They disempower us. So it started with, with feelings and thoughts like that. And I, um, I answered the calling. I listened to it. And here we are nine and a half years later. And I, I love doing what I do. And it's pretty successful. You have, uh, and we'll talk about your offerings later, but uh, what you're doing is, is really helping so many people. And uh, this isn't, for uh, folks listening out there, this is not just about sex after baby. We're going to tap into all of you folks that have vulva, own, like uh, have vulvas, that own the vulvas, <laughs> not vulvos, people, vulvas. <laughs> and there's a lot of you out there. So uh, we want to talk about, and we've talked about it before on our show, but kegels, and there's uh, a wide range of theories and ideas about Kegel health and pelvic floor health and doing your Kegels, which is named after a doctor, I believe, Some right? Dude, yeah. probably. Some it dude, probably. Some dude, absolutely a dude. Yep. So talking about, so we'll get into sex after baby because that's really important for a lot of people. But when we're talking about Kegels and pelvic floor health, do you have any sort of um, ideas or uh, can you open this conversation with what folks can do after, especially um, after even you turn 40 or 30 and your body's changing and sometimes sex can feel different. So can we tap into pelvic floor health? And, well, and a lot of people has? think of Kegels or Kegels. I don't know what you, tomato, yeah, what do you tomato. say? Kegels or Kegels? I say Kegels, but some I say, kegels. say Kegels. You know, I like to say different words for things. It's cool. But a lot of people think it's like the answer to everything. You know, it's the answer to your orgasmic yeah. issues. It's the answer to incontinence. It's the answer to um, your pregnancy stuff. And I'm um, just curious about what your thoughts are about that too. Yeah. Well, there's always two sides, right? <laughs> yeah. And then they say there's the truth that somewhere lives in the middle of that. Um, there are a lot of issues or dysfunction, as I like to call it, that can be resolved by, I actually don't like to just say, just Kegel. Because oftentimes people understand a Kegel as stopping the flow of urine, right? Most women have been taught that. Well, when you stop the flow of urine, you're actually only engaging the muscles within the pelvic floor around the urethra. So what about the entire hammock of muscles that literally sit at the base of your pelvis? There are multiple, I guess, ways that you want to make sure you're engaging all of the muscles versus just the Kegel. We won't go into that right now, but it is important to both engage and relax, which is rarely thought about from a I guess I would even use common sense just because we don't, we, all we hear is Kegel, Kegel, Kegel. If you want to have a great orgasm, Kegel, Kegel. If you pee your pants, Kegel. Oftentimes over Kegeling, over engaging and over activating those muscles creates this waterfall of issues. So incontinence, prolapse, even diastasis, which is, you know, a, a, a super common core dysfunction that happens during pregnancy and post-pregnancy. These things can often be because more women are actually overactive mm. than underactive. So in my years of doing this, um, and you know, now we have a pre and postnatal fitness app, but before I created the entire methodology based on the one-on-one -on -one women that I was actually working with. And it didn't matter what was going on. 
incontinence, pain with sex, diastasis, um, queefing. I mean, we can go on and on about the things that women are like, is this supposed to be happening to my body? Nine times out of 10, it was that she was so overactive. Oftentimes women didn't even realize they were doing Kegels. Mm -hmm. Women who carry a lot of stress when your jaw is tense your pelvic floor mimics what your jaw does. Oh. So when you carry around a tense, tight jaw, it engages the pelvic floor. If you floor. wear a lot of high heels, right? Does it, don't high heels Absolutely. activate your, your vaginal a- canal to it kind of, you, your pelvic floor is like squeezing? Absolutely, yeah. yes. It's one of the, the reasons, you know, people have asked over the years, why in Bloom Method workouts, because we teach an array of different fitness movements, why are you guys always barefoot? And I'm like, it's better for the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if, if it's one thing that you don't even have to think about to aid in pelvic floor health, why not just exercise barefoot? And that's not the only reason I exercise barefoot, but it is, it's much better for the pelvic floor. I learned that whole thing about the pelvic floor being tight from high heels from a taxi cab driver in New York City. He's like, oh girl, you rocking those high heels every day. You know what that means? I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, tight pussy. I was like, he said pussy. And I was like, all right, all right. And I was like, I gotta Google this. And I'm like, he was right. This was, I don't know, six or seven years ago. We're crossing some boundaries right now. I was sitting in the back. Did you tell me you work in the sex toy industry? No, I did not. I don't believe so. Maybe. Yeah, that happens often when you say I work in the sex toy industry. Yeah, yeah. felt like he could be brazen like that. Probably. That's funny. Well, we also had Dr. Sarah Tan is a pelvic floor specialist who said the same thing that people are too tight you know too everything there's too much constriction and so people often think oh that means I'm too loose or that there's something I need to do more more tightening exercises and that actually causes more of a problem there too it's not widely talked about and um, I like actually I'm going to ask you this question uh, about do you have advice you were talking about the what was the the hammock of the pelvic floor that's what you said do you so do you have tips if people wanted to learn um, a little bit about how to do Kegels or Kegels, tomato, tomato. Um, and, but what, like, can you tell them a little bit about the relaxing part or the releasing part or like just give them, they love tips. So any little tips for them? Oh, yeah, girl, I got tips. All right. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I often preface what I'm about to say with most people receive what I'm about to say and think this is the most or the least instant gratification tip you could have given me, especially being in the fitness industry, because people in the fitness industry, they want to feel that burn within five seconds or you are not doing a good job. Again, that's the fitness industry filling us with a bunch of lies and BS, but, um, diaphragmatic breath. That is going to be the first tip I give anyone is any woman who can get out of shallow, short breathing in her chest Mm -hmm. and move into this 360 degree, some people call it a belly breath. I like to refer to it as more of this lateral rib cage expansion. Mm -hmm. So that happens on the inhale. And then on the exhale, everything just returns or rebounds to its natural state. I'm doing it right now. Me too. (laughs) It actually naturally just shifting that one tiny little thing. And I tell people, you breathe over 22,000 times a day. So I'm all about, with the Bloom Method, and with just my approach with women in general is why not make movement and diving into understanding our body mechanics, make it easier. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have this whole to-do list where we have to like, you know, clear our calendar and roll out the yoga mat, just integrate it into your day Mm -hmm. and make your life easier. So diaphragmatic breath is that one thing. And for most people who do not have a diaphragmatic breath practice, it is going to seem so challenging and so hard. 
lie down on the ground, make your body as comfortable as possible in a supine position and just breathe using the hands is incredible. Um, you can get kind of frisky with yourself and have fun mm -hmm. with it. Hand on belly, hand on side of rib cage, feel the movement over time. You will feel that expansion get better because the truth is, is the body wants to breathe this way. So it's almost like you're not teaching the body to breathe this way. You're reteaching the body. If any of your listeners have children, watch the way your baby's children breathe. Mm -hmm. None of them breathe via their chest. They all breathe via their diaphragms. Their rib cage and their bellies move. We come into the world breathing that way and then come on, look at the past year and a half mm -hmm. of our lives. Due to the stress around us, everything starts to get tight. Our breathing starts to get restricted and then we have this shallow breath. Mm -hmm. Well, the pelvic floor is the bottom of this core canister that we teach a lot about in, at the Blue Method. The pelvic floor is the bottom and the diaphragm is the top. So when you build this in-sync breathing motion that happens throughout your day, the pelvic floor learns to relax and I wouldn't even, I don't even, I, I don't even want to use the word engage because when you're just diaphragmatically breathing, there is no intentional Kegel happening. You're teaching the pelvic floor. My cue with this is often a buoy in the ocean or a mm. jellyfish. So whatever, you know, really lands better with you, but mm -hmm. the, the pelvic floor should move with your breath. And that's always the first step because then it feels less forced and you're not having to just sit there and be like, okay, am I kegeling? Mm -hmm. Hold on. Wait, I think, did I just fart? What, what just happened? <laughs> I, because all of these things come up, just breathe. And it really, it, it shows your body that you're, it's like you're opening this door to a new concept and then everything else just starts to Hmm. roll into place. Can you speak to folks? So if, if I'm new to this and I have no idea what, what, uh, state my pelvic floor is in, I don't know if it's too tight or, and I don't want to say two of anything, right? Absolutely. Uh, yep. So, but some people might not understand what it means if they're overactive or underactive. Can you just go into kind of the different states and how to gauge what your pelvic floor health is? Is there yep. a way to sort of in, in indicators? Yes. I find that the easiest way, there are several ways that you can look at this. Well, first of all, the easiest thing that you can do is to take it out of your hands and go see a pelvic floor physical therapist. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that not every woman has a physical a pelvic floor specific physical therapist near them. And number two, there aren't a ton of innovative pelvic floor physical therapists. So it gets a little tricky. So taking the power back in your own hands, get to know your pelvic floor, insert a finger into your pelvic floor and breathe or do a Kegel, do the things that you're familiar with and feel what is happening in that pelvic floor. You're going to, even though you may not know the anatomy of the pelvic floor, you may not truly understand what the pelvic floor is doing when you Kegel or when you diaphragmatically breathe, for example, you're still going to be able to feel that, that biofeedback, if you will, of what the muscles, you're actually going to feel the tissues, but the tissues are moving because of the muscles, you're going to feel what those muscles are doing based on, do you feel it get tighter around your finger? And we're not talking like, you know, Chinese finger. What were those? The finger Yeah. But I mean, if it gets that tight, mm. go see your nearest yeah. pelvic yeah. floor. Because that does tell you, and I agree with you, April, I think that saying that you're too tight 
it just brings on this whole wave of emotions. It's, it's that we need to create more of a balance. We need to get you into this more lengthened position so that you're at a better resting phase versus mm-hmm. this really tight engagement. So is it safe to say that you, so you want to feel movement? So like yes. if you're super tight and you don't really feel any, any movement in your pelvic floor when you're tightening and releasing, you, like, you actually want to feel some sort of shift in, in the tissues, like kind of gripping around your finger and then releasing it a little bit. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be like super grip, but okay. Absolutely. And I would even say when, if people are like, but what does a release feel like for some, it almost feels like you're trying to bulge mm-hmm. the pelvic floor. I don't want a ton of women who are not preparing for birth going around and bulging their pelvic floor because you, that, that isn't something that we should do all the time, but your pelvic floor should know how to bulge. Um, I also want to say that, you know, a couple of things, if you think about the movement of your torso and your rib cage, when you diaphragmatically breathe, that fluidity, that really gentle movement is what should be happening with your pelvic floor mm when you diaphragmatically breathe. And then of course, when you Kegel, you should feel it getting really, really engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And another thing that I, I want to kind of draw this correlation to, because we were talking about how let's look at incontinence for those people listening. They're like, what the hell's incontinence? Because most women don't even know about incontinence or the term until they start thinking about getting pregnant and they go down this road. I like to say that it's not pregnancy and postpartum that creates the dysfunction in our body. It's pregnancy and postpartum that shake it all up and and expose the dysfunction that was already there. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, is that I'm really passionate about prevention with all dysfunction, pregnancy and postpartum. And it's because I did this work for seven and a half years before I got pregnant myself. And I know the power of prevention. But one thing that I say to women around incontinence, which just means you pee yourself, you could pee yourself when you laugh, when you cough, when you jump, whether it's an exercise or jumping on a trampoline. Um, One way to look at it is kind of like doing a bicep curl. Mm. If you were to do a bicep curl and just hold it all day long, And then you dropped your weight. And later on, you had to pick something up with that same arm using that same bicep muscle. What's going to happen? The bicep's going to fatigue. And that's oftentimes why people miss this connection of, well, I'm peeing myself. Everything must be weak. No, there's a bigger correlation to you're probably peeing yourself because your pelvic floor is so engaged all day long that when you go to use it, for example, when you sneeze and you cough, your pelvic floor has a reflex Mm -hmm. to that sneeze and cough. And if it's engaged really tightly all day long and then you sneeze, your pelvic Uh, floor just, it's defeated. It's, it's so tired. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really just opening up the, the viewpoint of, of getting to know our bodies and why our bodies are showing any type of imbalance Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. That's so interesting. I didn't think about that. It's just like, it's just exhausted. So naturally it's going to to do that. And people would assume that like it it shows, it shows like there's a, they're huge problem. This is, you're saying it's kind of like a, I don't like the word natural, but um, something that, we're, and then also this day and age with people that are constantly living in that tightness. And I love what you said also with the, the jaw in the beginning, if the jaw is super tight, the pelvic floor is um, also, it can also be super tight. And we have that, the vagus nerve, I'm assuming is the one that's responsible for that, that long nerve system that's connecting everything. Yeah. Everyone, did you know that everything's connected? Did you know that? Do they call it vagus because it's so exciting? It's like, yeah, yeah I'm playing the craps with my vagus nerve. Vegas. That's, that's your, your line right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, well, 
I have some questions. Maybe in a little bit we can talk more about the sex toys and things like that too, or Kegel balls, Kegel balls, and your thoughts on that. But let's go we into... We need to choose. Is it Kegel or Kegel? I, I heard Brooke say both, so I think I, we're going to go with I all of it. I say both. Yeah, yeah. both. Well, yeah. since it's someone's name, it's probably just... You can say whatever you if want. If you're in... It's Kegel. 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 I like it. There you go. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about more of like the, you know, the postpartum stuff and um, more about like sex before, after, during baby, etc. Because this is really... I mean, obviously you have a wide array of uh, expertise here. Um, but so let's talk about that and um, what should people know in terms of what changes and like what you know what's what's really shifting and I mean I'm sure it's, there's five million things that you can name but when yeah. people are going to have a baby and they're vulva owners what are they expecting these big you know what kind of big shifts in their pelvic floor should they expect to see yeah let's just think about um, I want to shed light on the weight mm-hmm. right like that alone the weight that you are carrying around not just baby but your uterus the placenta, the extra fluid, the blood. I mean, your body significantly changes, mostly in the torso, right? And the pelvic floor is like the support system. It is the hammock or the support system to the base of your pelvis. So the pelvic floor can take a brunt of that. Um, And I think when we just know that one thing, it is, yes, about implementing the breath. And then the other side is knowing how to properly engage the pelvic floor in relation to the core because they actually work as a unit, just like the diaphragm talks to the pelvic floor and they work as a unit. That core canister that I mentioned earlier, that TVA, transverse abdominis, um, you can also just think of it as the corset muscle. It's the deepest abdominal muscle in your abdomen. Those muscles all work together. So technically, when you engage the pelvic floor, within milliseconds of the pelvic floor engaging, if it if it helps, you can think of the engagement just being a Kegel. But at Bloom, we teach it to be a lot bigger than just a Kegel. Um, within milliseconds of doing that Kegel, your TVA should automatically engage. And if that is not happening, then there's a dysfunction that we need to bring online because the more dysfunction that exists, and this is why prevention for preconception women is so important to me, the more dysfunction that exists, the more of a 14er you're going to have to climb both during pregnancy to omit any dysfunctions or discomforts. I mean, even low back pain, um, it, it, it's all like this cascading waterfall that all can start from if you don't do the work beforehand. So I would just say that understanding that the weight, that the pelvic floor is under more of a demand than it ever has been when you're pregnant, how can you pivot and shift things in your daily life, whether it's the way you move every single day or the way you exercise or the way you breathe, to not feel like you can't do other things because I'm not a fan of telling women that they can't do things. It's just about pivoting it and maybe bringing on some new tools for your toolbox to help you continue doing what you're doing. What keeps coming up for me right now is women who love HIIT workouts. Mm -hmm. And so they get pregnant and they're told you can't do jump squats anymore. I actually don't teach that. Mm -hmm. We don't teach a ton of jump squats for pregnant women at Bloom Method, um, we'll teach them and then we offer a modification because I always want to make sure that if a woman is choosing to jump, her pelvic floor is engaging and lengthening properly with a squat jump. Mm. And the truth is, is that most women, 
in the fitness industry, they're not even going to take the time. They don't take the time to reassess what needs to be reassessed to make sure. And social media is like this whole other thing because then we have pregnant and postpartum women seeing these athletes, you know, rebound from, from pregnancy. And I, there's a woman out there that ran the day she gave birth. And I'm like, oh why, why are people looking at this woman as, yeah. as inspiration? Not that there's anything wrong. She's living her life. She's in her truth, but we just need to be understanding what the pelvic floor goes through and then pivoting, yeah. I would say. And yeah. there's a pelvic floor. And when we're talking about this, y'all, it's important, not just for pre and postnatal stuff. It's also important for sex because your pelvic floor is in charge of so many other facets of your orgasm intensity. And as well as, uh, I mean, even being able to uh, sometimes uh, have a grip on something that's in your, in your, uh, in your pussy, it, right? Sometimes if you have something inserted in your pussy and you can kind of grip onto that, your orgasms can intensify and, um, you can also sometimes cup that around a penis if a penis is inside of you or a dildo. So I, they, I hope that folks listening out there, um, don't shut down thinking we're just speaking to babies because sex is a huge piece of this. And Absolutely. so we could, we could definitely talk about that now. And, um, what, what happens when you have, um, an improvement to your pelvic floor health uh, in relation to sex, pre and postnatal, really. Absolutely. I also, what came up for me when you were saying that is I want to go back to the question you asked about how can people get to know what is happening with oh, their yeah. pelvic floor? Dildos and your partner. <laughs> oh, I apologize yeah. for not saying that before, but I'm serious. I tell women that all the time. First of all, I hope that you have a healthy enough relationship with your partner that you can say, how does this feel to you? Mm -hmm. They can give you biofeedback. Are you clenching their dick or whatever is inside of you? Or can you, and can you release around that? Dildos can also be another great tool. And holding the speculum at the uh, gyno, because I've been told I have a strong pelvic floor yeah. when I was at the gyno. <laughs> They're like, you should be a speculum model. I was like, I will. Uh, Stanford, Stanford pays $50 an hour for this uh, to train all the new OBGYNs. So that's also true, right? So if you're, at, if you're getting yeah. uh, an exam and you can't hold the speculum in, uh, that might be an indicator that your pelvic floor needs a little bit of, of training. Yep. So uh, that's a good time. So that's Absolutely. a great point. And yeah. reasons to buy sex toys or ask your part, check in with your partner. Can yeah. you feel this around your head? I'm yeah. squeezing. Yeah. <laughs> impress them with your pelvic yes. floor abilities. Yeah. I, I, and yeah. I had that experience when I actually did a session with Willow Brown and she was doing the, had the fingers inside me. Well, during the session, the pelvic floor release and she had me um, tighten and release around her finger and she was like, oh my, good job. Oh, nice pelvic floor. I was like, I did a good job. I was like, so proud of myself. <laughs> Yay, Willow's proud of me. But I mean, she was and I, but yeah, you could do, ask your partner easily. With their, they could point. have their fingers, their cock. Like, why don't we do that more? I'm gonna ask my partner. Maybe, tonight. maybe you'd have that a similar reaction to Willow, yeah. and then you're like, "Let's go hard, baby. But, this yeah. is great. I yeah. feel so but good." But if they were like, "You know, I can't really feel anything," you'd be like, "Oh, well." But then use an opportunity to go and do some work on That's it, true. right? Totally. It's good. Yeah. It's, sometimes we try to dodge the hard news, but like, it's helpful when we get the hard or bad or not so pleasant news. It gives us an opportunity to potentially go and seek out support to help something, mm -hmm. do something preventative or. Yeah, fix something that, and I don't like the word fix, but you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberlube, and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. 
Uber Lube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand, totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by Field. We received countless emails from listeners asking for advice on the best online dating apps to find other sexy, open-minded folks. And our go-to is always Field. Field is our favorite alternative dating app for couples and singles. Field values sex positivity and actually encourages you to share your desires and interests directly on your profile so people know what you're into from the start. From cuddling and kissing to tantra, kink, and non-monogamy, you can be open from the beginning and connect in a space created for safe and ethical exploration. While the app was originally designed for people seeking threesomes, and it's still the biggest dating app for threesomes today, Field is also a great place to meet like-minded folks, whether you're monogamous, queer, kinky, polyamorous, and more. And here's some great news. You can download the Field app for free and support our show by going to field.co slash shameless. That's F-E-E-L-D dot C-O slash shameless. Or just click the link in our episode description to get the Field app for free today. Go check it out. All right, back to the show. Um, Well, going back to your question about how preventative help or how just being aware of your pelvic floor um, can increase or decrease a sexual experience, um, whether with yourself or a partner. And I would say that two things, a tight pelvic floor or a pelvic floor that leaned, again, not too tight, but has a tendency to always be tight, that can really lead to a lot of pain during sex, Mm -hmm. whether you're with a partner or you're using sex toys. Um, So that's kind of the number one thing. If you have pain with sex, it doesn't always have to be this scary thing to go see someone and get assessed. You could actually have the tools to fix everything that you're feeling and create more imbalance in that moment. Um, But whether you're preconception, pregnant, postpartum, never want to have babies, um, sex is important and it feels good and it should feel good. Mm -hmm. And when your pelvic floor health is struggling, even if it's weak, if there's weakness, we could get into, if you think about pregnancy and you bring that aspect into it, you can get into a prolapse situation where literally your uterus and your bladder and other things can start to come out of your Mm. vagina, which is, um, it happens. It's very common, but you can't, I mean, sex is almost off limits when that happens. Mm. Um, so I like to kind of focus more on the pain and any type of pain with sex is, is a signal that something is off. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are other things, um, that can create pain with sex, but pelvic floor tightness is Mm -hmm. definitely one of those. That's like one of the top ones. I I think for, and there's various conditions and reasons why that might be the case, but, um, yeah. And we actually just did another podcast recently with Dr. Nicole Eisenbrown and she works more, she's a urologist, but works more in the field of, um, I would call it less holistic, but it's non-invasive procedures like the O shot and various things and testosterone 
testosterone creams and different but things. But this so. is almost the preventative, like the foundation. Yeah. It's like the, the the first step before you'd have to go see a urologist, right? Oh, I like yep. having all the, and I like all, all the, the information. And like yeah. some people are going to gear more towards the preventative. Like, oh, no, I want my body can do it on its own. I don't need to go get a shot for it. And some people are like, give me the shot. So let's give everyone all the information. Absolutely. Um, it, coming back to the baby thing, I, I have this personal question. I don't have a baby. I'm not going to have a baby. What? You do have a baby. He's I right here. Period. He's got a lot of baby hair. on my lap. He's real high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's so good right now. I'm like, should he be high for every podcast? Yes, he should. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, okay. A lot. I'm, I think a lot of people. So, say someone's planning on having a baby, and they want to know number one, how is my sex life going to change mm-hmm. when I'm pregnant and after? And then two, when can I start having sex again? What's your answers? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that is in your hands, right, and in your partner's hands. It's mm-hmm. it's this beautiful dance. Um, and connection that you constantly have to have. I think getting creative can be a, a real thing for a lot of new parents. Um, maybe in pregnancy too. Uh, you know, it's funny. Pregnancy sex is this thing where I've heard both sides. One is that the husband wanted nothing to do with the woman I've heard this yeah. all mm-hmm. during her entire pregnancy oh. almost like it's almost like the opposite of a of an aphrodisiac or yeah. something it's like it was just not happening and then there's the opposite end of the spectrum where the man cannot leave his like get his hands off of the woman mm-hmm. um I was lucky that my husband was on that the side ladder. Of yeah. Yeah. um and you probably still have to get creative because the more pregnant you get the more well early in pregnancy you're also super tired so you may just feel tired a lot um but the more pregnant you get the more you're like wait how do I do this so mm-hmm. like if you have a partner that's like just let's just put your legs here and I'll just take care of it well then it can be really great um and I think allowing that first of all the baby's not going to be hurt so get that out of your head <laughs> um baby is fine But I think that sex during pregnancy is really important because it does allow that the the thing that brought you to even being pregnant, it keeps that alive and burning, right? Versus you're like, well, we're pregnant, so I'm good, right? I don't, we don't have to do this anymore. I mean, I know women that have thought like that. I have too. Um, And then post baby, you know, I... This is tricky because I think it is so multifaceted for every woman out there. Um, from a really basic guideline space, you should be safe to have sex anywhere from four to eight weeks postpartum. I tell women to keep in mind um, that your uterus leaves a, or I'm sorry, your placenta leaves a plate size wound in your abdomen. Mm. So just be careful knowing that your body is, is changing and kind of recovering from this, um, pregnancy. If you had like an episiotomy or something, that's where they episiotomy give you old snip snap. Yeah. Little snip snap. I saw uh, cartoon images of this in my friend's birthing book. A cartoon snip snap? It was like, uh, what happens? And I was like, okay. And I'm, I'm going to be a dog mom forever. (laughs) (laughs) I will not go that route. Um, that is true though. The episiotomy is a great point. Um, so just making sure that you're healing correctly. And then also things that you probably aren't even aware of, like the wound inside of you or your cervix mm. needing to close postpartum. It's now, trauma, right? For your va- vagina, oh right? I mean, Absolutely. that's a trauma. It's yes. beautiful trauma. It's beautiful trauma. But it's it's the most beautiful trauma you will ever experience. Aww. But it is trauma. Um, and and then there is kind of like this waterfall of of questions for each that each individual has to ask themselves, Right. What was their birth like? Because if you're dealing with a woman who had a traumatic birth, 
being intimate with her partner could be the furthest thing from her mind. If the two partners themselves, if there was an, uh, an issue with the baby, and so they went into fight or flight mode right after baby was born, those people, while they may really need that intimacy and connection, it may be really hard for them. But all of that aside, six to eight weeks, and as long as you are feeling like you are ready for it. I think it's more important for the woman to feel ready for it than it is for the man to feel ready for it personally. Um, or even if you're in a same sex relationship, the individual that just carried the pregnancy and gave birth, it is more important for them to feel ready Mm -hmm. to have sex period. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so important to do it though. Mm -hmm. So if you're not ready, if, if you're not wanting to be intimate with your partner, I do think that that is, an issue that should be looked at. Can it be hormonal though? Cause don't your Absolutely. hormones just crash after baby or I don't know with nursing. I know there's extra hormones. I'm not really familiar with everything, but yeah. I've had or, friends say that they're either really horny and some friends are like, no, it didn't happen until X amount of time. I know every person is different. Mm-hmm. And so I, that may be something that can you get, um, natural hormone therapy or, or creams or something to help boost your, sure. Your, and you can yeah, eat certain drive. foods and you can do yeah. all kinds of stuff. That you know, it's. I think it's so cool that you brought that up because that's actually um, fits in line with this whole preventative thing. Because you mentioned the hormones, and everyone kind of experiences, you know, the postpartum hormone crash. And then there's if you're breastfeeding, there's this whole like shift of the hormones with nursing, and then when you stop nursing, so it's kind of this beautiful ebb and flow of hormones, or not so beautiful depending on who you are. But who's to say that your hormones didn't have you know, a break in them or some sort of dysfunction for a lack of better words before even getting pregnant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So these are things just like the pelvic floor. If we don't know what's going on with our body, how, how do we best assess what shows up for us based on, you know, any type of issues Mm -hmm. that you may or may not have? Yeah. And I think another thing that happens too for folks is when you spend a long period of time disconnected from your arousal or sex drive for various reasons, like maybe pregnancy and birth is one of them, or you're grieving or you have some sort of trauma or you don't have access to another sex partner, whatever it is. And you spend, you know, three months, six months, a year, five years disconnected from it. It can be hard to get it back, air quoting, Uh, but it's not that you can't do it. It just takes work. And so I think a lot of people feel so disconnected from it. it, it, Maybe they had that six to eight weeks or maybe even longer not having sex and all of a sudden they're like, well, I don't, I'm not even connected to it. So um, maybe their desires turn down then. Or also, I think what also happens, you would know better than I would. I just have worked with clients about this. They kind of are, are stuck wearing the mom hat. I was just about yeah. to say that. Like yeah. not the sexiest yeah. role, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like you're kind of stuck and thinking about your kid all the time, being touched by your kid all the time and not having a lot of personal space. And I've seen this with clients where they're like, I like I don't want to touch my partner. I need some. I'm getting being touched all the time. I want some space. And so yeah, I'm sure you see that as well in your work. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a big one. And and I think it's it's yes, the mom hat. It's also it's everything that you just said. And women are just exhausted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about the past year and a half too. And the one thing that kept coming up on my radar, my little guy just turned three like a week and a half ago. So this is not in my world. But so many of my mom friends were like, wait, I have a full-time job. I have to do all this stuff at home. I have to keep my family sane. And now I have to teach my kids. There's their education is in my hands. Okay. That's a lot. So when you feel depleted, regardless of where you're at, whether you're a mom or not a mom, sex could either be something that like calls you in and you really want it, or you're just like, 
no, it's, it's one more thing on my yeah. to-do list and I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, but uh, it's how do you fix that? You, yeah. yeah. It's, if it's like the 40 year old version when he, Steve Carell raises his hand, he's like, is it true? If you don't use it, you lose it. it and you know, to some extent it is true. The, the longer you distance yourself from being sexually, even if it's masturbation practice, if you yeah. don't want to be intimate with your partner or physical with your partner, maybe take some uh, mommy away from child and partner time and just have a self masturbation practice to kind of get you back. Even if you don't feel like doing it. Yeah. Just make yourself do it. And you do it, make yourself lovingly, but still like sometimes, sometimes I have to like, I don't really fucking want to masturbate, but I know I need to because I need to be connected to my sexuality, you know, to my genitals and my desire. And sometimes it just feels like work. But what we understand is, you know, the more we practice, the easier it gets and the more connected we are. And do you ever regret it? No, I'm never like, oh God, I can't believe I did that. Why did I do that? Yeah, (laughs) never. I'm like, like, oh, I'm glad I did that. I'll try it tomorrow. It's going to be hard tomorrow too, but I will try. So you said earlier, there's something how it's important for people to start having sex at some point, six to eight weeks when their bodies are ready after having uh, a kid why is that so important why like why is it important for them to start having sex well I mean I can only speak personally from having one child we are one and done over here (laughs) in our camp but um you know having a kid a family dynamic totally shifts I can only imagine it gets a little bit more hectic in a beautiful way Mm -hmm. um with each child but you can either allow these children and your family dynamic, the children to kind of arrive and it drive this massive wedge sexually between you and your partner, or you can allow it, you know, again, from my own perspective to bring in this almost like youthful energy of like, how can we get more creative? How can we be more playful? Um, Because the day-to-day life for both people in a family unit and not, as you know, the longer you've been with a partner, the more repetitive days can start to be, especially when you're living together. Now you have children. So when you're allowing yourself to break up what can be so repetitive and often heavy is maybe a word I would use, then that sexual connection, that sexual energy, it's like a reset. That's what I would call it. It can be such a beautiful reset. And just to go there, I think your kids feel it too. Mm -hmm. I think from an energetic space, your kids know like, do mommy and daddy like each other? Mm -hmm. Or is the tension so thick that like our idea of relationships are fucked. Yeah. Or they can just feel they're like, you know, it doesn't seem like they're super connected. And maybe that's not the words that they would use. But I knew that when I was younger that with my parents that they weren't super connected. My mom still stayed with my dad until I was 17. Bless you, mom. You should have left earlier. But (laughs) um, you're you're awesome. And you know, she did it for me mostly, right? And um, but I could feel I was like, I don't. It's not that they didn't like each other, but I don't think they really like each other that much. And I didn't really see a lot of affection. I could just feel it, and I was, you know, my whole life pretty much. Well, it, and it does trickle into your relationships for later. Amy and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago, where uh, you have a. F- we don't have children, obviously, but I'm like, it's too bad my mom didn't have a fund, a therapy fund for every time she fucked me up when I was little. Like it's a hundred dollars here for uh for uh this kind of weird thing that happened and that's going to go for your therapy for later and seriously ex-partners too could give you that too ex-partners for ex-partners, sure yeah. and moms yeah. yeah and moms I have some ex-partners that owe me some money uh, let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> 
when it comes to okay positions uh because we're, we're in this space of postpartum sex is okay you, you feel ready yep are there positions um or any techniques when it comes to the first time having sex after a baby that you would suggest to try is it like go doggy all the way or whatever feels good to you like, you no. know i'm gonna i'm gonna say both um doggy sounds a little scary yeah uh, for first penetration after birth um but I, this is what I would say, two parts. One, yes, whatever feels best to you because everyone likes it differently, right? But I think for myself and other women I've talked to about this, um, being on top felt like we were in control. So it's like we can, we can ease into this versus being eased into Mm. Does that make totally. sense? Totally. That's yeah. what I say for anal sex. Yeah. Same thing, right? You should be in control <laughs> as the one being penetrated, and that's, at least in the beginning. So, yeah, yeah I totally get that. Yeah. 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 That makes perfect sense. Um, and then, what, so what about like exercises and, and things too for people um, who, we t- I mean, so we talked about kegels, you talked about the breath. Is there any other last tips you have for people who want to do any sort of preventative or, or post after, you know, after having baby um, exercises to kind of prepare their bodies for having sex again? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are tons of things that you can do, um, whether it's taking the concept of breathing. And then this other technique that we teach at Bloom that's like this, I call it the exercise component of the diaphragmatic breath, where we actually introduce this um, intentional engagement of the pelvic floor and the core on that exhale component. Um, Doing that in various positions where you may spend 30 seconds to a minute in different positions, just moving that breath and feeling the pelvic floor that could be a practice that yeah. you do before or after a workout, before you go to bed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do it however you want. Um, but one thing that I think I personally love are these pelvic floor trainers mm. that people are coming out with. I don't want to say people like they're you know being sold on the corners. There are two companies that come up, um, LV. Mm-hmm. And the Purifit. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with both of those? Yeah, LV. I've heard of LV, not Purifit. Yeah. Purifit is a. I think they're a little bit smaller of a company. Um, I may prefer their pelvic floor trainer a little bit more than LV's, um, although they're so similar. You guys, they're so similar. LV's is much sleeker and looks like this really high tech pelvic floor. It's really pretty, and the Purifit just looks like a, a little baby dildo with ridges on it. I think it, I think it has like these little ridges. Um, but if you don't mind Bluetooth technology being inserted in you, Mm. I personally think it is such a cool concept because so many women, even when they're given the tools to, okay, this is what I, I want you to do. Or if you're on the blue method app and we walk you through a five minute pelvic floor movement practice Mm -hmm. where we're guiding you through each move, some women still have questions. They still are like, do I feel this? I don't know. Yeah. And the cool thing about the LV and the Purifit is that you get that instant biofeedback on your phone. Yeah. And it's fun. I actually, I mean, I geek out on this kind of stuff, so I may just qualify how much of a nerd I am when it comes to the pelvic floor. But I have used, I have both of them, and I will use them from time to time. And my husband will be like, babe, 
Did you say you were just going to do that for like 10 minutes? What are you doing in there? I'm like, oh, shit. I'm sorry. I'm just yeah. playing games on my phone with my pelvic floor. Yeah. Like, That's yeah. awesome. That sounds like fun. So they're games. They're like these little, I mean, kind of cheesy video games where you have to like catch these jewels. What? Or like, you're like, with you know, your pelvic you're, floor? with your pelvic floor. Oh, oh my God. God. Gauges. Which one? Are they both offer this? Or which they one? both offer okay. this. Oh, my God. Awesome. Yeah. When oh you say games, now I'm sold. I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to track it. But I want to do that. This is, it's like an interactive game. That's so oh, that cool. Is so and so, in action, but you're like playing, but you're also working with your pelvic floor and understanding it. Well, yes. so two things about that. Number one, we are at purepleasureshop.com. We have the LV. I just looked online. I saw it. That's a sex shop online that I own with my mom. Everyone, go look up LV there. And you get 15% off with coupon code SHAMELESSSEX. Hey, mom. Um, the other thing is, we did get listener feedback maybe a week or two ago. Someone was like, I love your podcast. And I'm a little alarmed by Bluetooth technology in the pussy because you are putting it, you know, I mean, there's like the EMF stuff and, totally. you know, this is like there's in no your research yet. There's no research, but we, but people are already funny about putting a cell phone next to their heads, yeah, I get you know, it. so you're going to yeah. put it. So I'm, I'm like, I think everything in moderation probably too, but I wanted just, I wanted to highlight that. That's what that person said. Everyone gets to decide for themselves. Totally. And, um, and I'm like, you know, I wouldn't, I would not agree with having that in 24 seven and walking around, just like putting your cell phone in your pussy forever. Right. No, we're talking, yeah. yeah, we're talking like, five to ten minutes yeah, like yeah you really shouldn't be a doing few it times a week or something yeah. yes yeah yeah or, or I mean, like I you think for I'm, an hour you're having fun playing games <laughs> I maybe don't do it that long but yes um you know and i want to add this just as a, a shift of perspective around the emfs with the bluetooth technology yeah i get it but we can either choose to adapt to the world that we live in mm-hmm. or we can be so fearful yeah. and consumed by the world evolving around us that we're terrified of things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Because there are a lot of things that we can do to protect our bodies from the EMFs while not being totally scared. Like trying to live off the, live off the grid and not be anywhere near. And yes. When you go places like, turn the Wi-Fi off. You know? yeah. There's people that so do I, that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I understand when people are like, mm, I don't know how I feel about putting it inside of me with Bluetooth. And you're like, I get it, but I don't, when people say that, I only, I always want to say, do you really have a good understanding of how often you come in contact with these EMFs yeah. that are way stronger than what you're putting potentially in your vagina for totally. five minutes. If you own a yeah. cell phone, you're virtual, or you have Wi-Fi, you're virtually yep. exposed to whatever those yeah. EMFs are putting out. And, I mean, and if yeah. it's not every day for hours yeah. on end, again, moderation, the piece yeah. of moderation is important. And I do believe also like in the energetics of like our genitals being quite powerful and potent and like their mucous membranes, they soak things up. And while, mm-hmm. you know, EMFs are kind of invisible, mm-hmm. I mean, I I would want, I'm curious, would like, would a pussy be able to soak up? And I don't know the answer to this because I'm yeah. not a researcher. I don't think anyone studied this, but could it soak up EMFs more than it just be next to, you know, my arm or something? I feel like phthalates are more, they would be more damaging. Totally. Than I don't think, I don't, I'm not even saying that this is necessarily yeah. true, but everyone can decide for themselves. You know, someone really is living more of like the pure life then you might want to go for a jade egg or a you know some sort of stone egg for your um your pelvic floor health and maybe not the bluetooth technology or silicone or, or silicone yeah, yeah like totally. the smart balls by fun factor things like that um but i don't know i'm gonna get an lv because it sounds fun so. I'm, I'm gonna get one too i'm stoked to play games with my I, oh my mom will get you one Sweet. thanks mom thanks mom <laughs> they're great and here's here's what i love about them so you brought up the jade egg um the thing with these Bluetooth technologies is that when LV first launched theirs, they actually only taught the pelvic floor to interact with the games if they were being engaged. Mm. And so that was my feedback to them was you guys have got to focus on the lengthening because it isn't always about the engagement, how mm. we started this conversation. So now both the LV and the parafit both do 
the games tell you what to do. So you're supposed to either lengthen the pelvic floor and release it or engage it. With the jade eggs, mm-hmm. I think those are a great option for people who are just like, look, this is a non-negotiable. I'm not yeah. putting Bluetooth mm-hmm. in my vagina. Mm-hmm. Um, then just make sure that you get creative with the releasing component mm-hmm. of the jade egg. Don't yeah. just try to like, it's not all about that Kegel kind of You know what you could do? Because they usually have a loop that comes out. You could tie something to it. So you see that thing move when you, when you, like when you cl- mm. tighten and then when you lengthen, that's the relaxation releasing. You should see it go down a little bit. Maybe you can also like try to release the pelvic floor mm. and push it out. Push it out. Yeah. Just bear down. Yeah. yeah. So that is one of the tips that we give our pregnant moms on learning how to push is if you use a menstrual cup ah. to use the menstrual cup. And it's actually for all women. If you use a menstrual cup, instead of just grabbing the tip of it and pulling it out, do kind of like this duo, right? Where your arm, your hand is pulling it a little bit out, but you're really lengthening the pelvic floor to mm. help the pelvic floor kind of push out the, the cup as well. That. I love menstrual cups. I can't yeah. wear Fan one. Fan for life. I know she's got a special I wear my period (laughs) underwear, everyone. Hey, now she's period underwear, though. Quite sexy. Well, I love all of this information. This is so great. In-person is way more fun. In-person is so much fun. Hopefully, the video worked it. Like, Mm. we'll see. We'll see about that. So, it froze for a minute. It may or may not be on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, so we weren't lying to you. We tried to record it. If it is on YouTube, awesome. If not, then we're we're sorry, because Brooke is beautiful and amazing. You can find her on Instagram, though. You can find her on Instagram. Will you tell uh, everyone how to find your work and your offerings, please? Yeah, we're in the App Store, Studio Bloom, or you can look up The Bloom Method. We're in the App Store. You can find us on our website, thebloommethod.com, and on Instagram, the Bloom Method. That's yeah. easy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brooke. Thank you, guys. This it's so fun. great to hang out with you yeah, and in you person too. and give you hugs and love. And yes, thank you, everyone out there in our shameless sex revolutionary world. We love you so much. And you know I can't leave an episode of Shameless Sex without talking about one of Amy and I's favorite things, aside from sex, to do is drink wine. And we love and love, love, love Margin's Wine. Megan Bell is the winemaker. It's actually local to Santa Cruz, and she does very small batch boutique wine releases, only a few a year. So go ahead, sign up on marginswine.com. You're just going to get the newsletter, and you can see when she has a new release. And if you want to buy three or more bottles, you can save 10%. Use the code SHAMELESSSEX10. If you want to save money on six or more bottles, I think it's 15%. Use the code SHAMELESSSEX15. It's all on our website, so don't panic if you don't have a pen and you can't write it down. And uh, if you want to, I'm going to invite you to do one more thing for me, for Amy. Go ahead, review us on iTunes. Give us five stars. We read every single review. It actually brings us to tears a lot of times to see what people are saying about us. And we love you so much. And we appreciate that. That just helps more people find things like the Bloom Method. And it helps people find shameless sex and help them improve their sex lives. Pre-baby, post-baby, all the babies, no babies. doesn't matter. Baby, baby. Baby, baby, maybe. (laughs) All right, y'all. We're going to see you next Tuesday for another episode of Shameless Sex. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.